RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today is Wednesday, September 16th, 2020, and this is your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. On today's show, CBS All Access is officially becoming Paramount Plus in early 2021. Noah Hawley on why his Star Trek film would be kind of like Fargo, and I've got this week's Trek trivia. I'm Allison Pitt, and today's show is supported by people like you through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Well, it's official. Yesterday, CBS All Access announced that the streaming platform will be rebranded as Paramount Plus in early 2021. As part of the expansion to feature content from the Viacom CBS portfolio of broadcast news, sports, and entertainment brands. Paramount Plus will also be coming to international markets with an initial debut in Australia, Latin America, and the Nordics in 2021. In the announcement, Viacom CBS CEO Bob Backish drew on Paramount's deep roots in cinema history saying Paramount is an iconic and storied brand beloved by consumers all over the world, and it is synonymous with quality, integrity, and world-class storytelling. With the massive amount of content at their disposal and the establishment of a global streaming brand, Viacom CBS hopes to, as Backish said, offer an extraordinary collection of content for everyone to enjoy. Currently, CBS All Access has more than 20,000 films and television episodes available to stream. Get ready for that number to rise, because leading up to the Paramount Plus rebranding, CBS All Access will continue to expand its content to more than 30,000 episodes and movies, transforming it into a diversified super service for Viacom CBS. So even if you do manage to watch all that Star Trek has to offer, it seems likely you'll never run out of ideas for what to watch next. Now, while Viacom CBS's announcement failed to mention pricing, it's likely that for users already subscribed to CBS All Access, there shouldn't be a price difference. Back in August, Viacom CBS Chief Digital Officer Mark Debevoise told Decider that what they want is that if you're a subscriber, the CBS All Access app will turn into the new app and confirmed that it would have the same price and content as CBS All Access. Once again, mark your calendars for the first quarter of 2021, as we will be saying goodbye to CBS All Access and hello to Paramount+. Plus. Now, speaking of Paramount, but not Paramount+, Plus, Prospective Star Trek film director Noah Hawley has given a new interview in which he gives more detail about his take on Star Trek IV, which is currently on hold. In it, he discussed his concept for the film, as well as what it has in common with his other big project, the television series Fargo. The piece in Variety is ostensibly about what it was like for Hawley as he finished off the last of Fargo season four which is set to air on Hulu from September 27th. Like many Hollywood productions, Fargo was forced to stop filming in March and just finished off the season in August. The original plan was for Holly to complete Fargo and head directly into Star Trek IV until COVID-19 hit. 
Now, after an uncertain summer, new Paramount Pictures head Emma Watts, who joined the company at the end of June, is taking the time to reconsider the film side of the Star Trek franchise, and that includes putting Holly's production on hold. According to Variety, Holly says the project is still alive, just in stasis. And Holly explained a bit more about the plot, specifically why and how it would be starting fresh, but also not. Like Holly's Fargo, he intends for his Star Trek to feature a whole new crew of characters, but have touchstones back to existing franchise canon. We're not doing Kirk and we're not doing Picard, he said. It's a start from scratch that then allows us to do what we did with Fargo, where for the first three hours you go, oh, it really has nothing to do with the movie. And then you find the money. So you reward the audience with the thing that they love. Variety notes that while the death knell hasn't been sounded just yet on the project, there might be risk in the form of Watts, the aforementioned new head of Paramount Pictures. She was in charge of 20th Century Fox when Holly's previous film, Lucy in the Sky, his directorial debut, premiered and then failed spectacularly at the box office. That film, made for over $20 million, pulled just $325,000 in ticket sales and currently rates at just 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. Back in August, when news first broke that Holly's Star Trek film was on hold, Deadline expected that we would hear more about the future of Trek films in the coming weeks. You'll know when we know. Now, in just a moment, I'll be taking you back in time to find out what happened this week in Star Trek history. But first, a word from me. Hey, have you signed up for the Daily Star Trek newsletter? I know I have. (laughs) I don't think that's right. Anyway... The Daily Star Trek newsletter is your daily email newsletter where we send you both the headlines and the full stories from the day, straight to your email inbox. Read the Star Trek news and only the Star Trek news in the Daily Star Trek newsletter. No Twitter or Facebook required. To sign up, all we need is your email address. Head to dailystartreknews.com forward slash contact today. That's dailystartreknews.com forward slash contact. And a big thanks to you. For supporting this show. And now, the look back into Star Trek history. So here's a weird thing. This week's Star Trek history is a double history lesson. Let's start with the history history and say that it was today, September 16th, 2001, that Star Trek Night aired on BBC Two in the United Kingdom. Does that sound familiar? Well, that's because just last month, August 26th, was also the anniversary of a Star Trek night in the UK, but that was a different one. So what's Star Trek night? Both events, which took place on August 26th, 1996, and September 16th, 2001, were televised celebrations of Star Trek. The first celebrated Trek's 30th anniversary, as well as the UK premiere of Star Trek Voyager. Then on September 16, 2001, Star Trek Night celebrated the 35th anniversary of the franchise, as well as the introduction of Enterprise, which would premiere just a few weeks later. Now, while the 2001 Star Trek Night didn't feature celebrities professing their love for the franchise, it was hosted by the rather famous floppy-haired Jonathan Ross, and included a variety of fan-favorite episodes and moments, along with a full showing of Star Trek IV, the one with the whales. Overall, the event ran for three and a half hours. Tune in again next Wednesday 
for more Star Trek history. Well, that's it for today's daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the other great shows on the network at podcasts.roddenberry.com. Daily Star Trek News is produced by me, Allison Pitt, with selected stories by Chris Peterson. We're supported by people like you through Patreon. Find out how you can add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek News. I'm back tomorrow with more of the Star Trek news you need to know and the weekend's Star Trek events. I'm Allison Pitt. Live long and prosper. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.